This is Thriving Thoughts, the podcast that teaches you how to change your thoughts so you can change your life. I'm Dr. Sherry, clinical psychologist turned thoughtologist and truth teller. Welcome to season seven, where you'll learn to be gentle and deliberate with your words so that together we learn what it really means for women to encourage, uplift, and empower one another. Twice per week in five-minute episodes, we'll dissect popular phrases women say to one another, expose the lies hiding beneath their surface that perpetuate problematic ideals, and learn how to speak true encouragement so we uplift ourselves and others. Are you ready to speak truth over the lies and be an empowered woman who empowers other women? Start with this truth. A woman who changes her world changes the world. Let's go. Welcome back, friends. You may have noticed already that this episode is longer than the standard reformatted episodes of Thriving Thoughts. And that's because I felt the need to republish a podcast that I recorded back in April of 2021. In line with the theme of how we encourage one another, I've heard recently some women say to one another, well, that's just your anxiety. That's just your depression. That's just your ADHD kicking in. And that's an encouragement that serves to produce excuses. That's the opposite of thriving. Thriving means to learn, grow, and prosper and flourish from our experiences, not to justify our experiences. So for those of you new to the show, who may not have gone back to episode 91, please lean in and listen to this week's message about how to encourage our friends rather than inspiring them to make excuses through their words and claiming a disorder or a diagnosis as their own. Learn to empower them with this message of truth and choice instead. Words matter. Your words matter. And far too often in my career as a clinical psychologist and even now, I've heard people use a word that becomes predictive of their quality of life without them even knowing it. And that word is the word my, M-Y. My dog, my house, my car, my life. How about these? My anxiety, my depression, my situation, my fear, my anger problem. So what's the big deal? Why does it matter if I say my anxiety? Well, Anxiety is a feeling. Unfortunately, it's become a word, a diagnostic label, as it were, and for many of us, it's a self-imposed label, but it's become a label to define the way we process information, the way we process our feelings. How we process our feelings, our thoughts, we all have certain tendencies, for sure, from the womb, and we all develop habits, thought habits. You guys have stuck around for any length of time. You know this is what I talk about. Your thoughts are merely habits. And yes, you do have the power to change them. Even when it comes to things that we have turned into big, giant, scary things that really aren't big, giant, scary things, but we've made them big, giant, scary things. Even when it comes to things like anxiety and depression. You see, we've turned those into a noun as if they are some living, viable, breathing, coming for you source that's outside of you, and you have zero influence over it. You have no power over it. It has all this power over you. For many of you, this may be new to hear, 
You may have been told throughout your life that your anxiety or your depression is something you are going to have to deal with. You're going to struggle with. Yes, I've heard professionals say that word to people, say this prediction, speak this over people's lives, that yes, you're going to struggle with this for your entire life. Well, my friends, that is untrue. What is true is that as you believe, so shall you be. So if you believe that you are going to struggle with something for the rest of your life, if you really believe that, and that's not a judgment, it's just, is that what I'm telling myself? Is that the thought that I have believed all of, all of this time, that this thing, my anxiety, my depression has all of this power over me? If that's what you believe, then you are going to live a life that struggles. You're going to live that life that you feel like you're just surviving. From time to time, you're going to live a life that says my anxiety or my depression dictates what I can and what I can't do. It's to blame for what I do or don't do. It's to blame for my relationship problems. It's to blame for my career or my work problems. No friends. Anxiety, depression, those are feelings and they're self-ascribed states. Basically, we apply this label to ourselves. We claim it with the word my and we say it's mine. It's part of me. It becomes a part of our identity. When we claim ownership of something, like a feeling, we basically stop there. The thoughts stop there. Well, this is just my anxiety and this is my depression. Or, you know, you've probably heard somebody say, my anxiety was so bad today. As if it's a runaway freight train. And listen, let me tell you, I know that stuff can be a runaway freight train in your minds. I've lived a lot of those moments and I'm sure I'm going to live a lot more. But I do know this. I do know that when it comes, I choose to take power over it rather than become subservient to it, letting it own me because I choose to own it. So you'll never hear me say my anxiety. You'll hear me say, yes, I get anxious. Mm -hmm. That's a feeling I get. Yes, I have panic attacks. Yeah, I do. But it's not my panic attack problem. It's not my anxiety. Do I get sad? Yes. Have I been really sad in my life? Absolutely. But I don't claim it. I don't claim it as my own because I don't want it to stick around. And friends, when we call something our own, we cling to it unknowingly. I mean, nobody would say they want to cling to anxiety or they want to cling to depression. But when we use the word my and we cling to it, we take ownership, we actually personify a feeling and we give that feeling power. And then that feeling has power over us. We start to make excuses for why we can or can't do something because we've elevated that feeling to a seat of authority in our lives. And here's the truth. Whatever you choose to belong to you, whatever you choose to own, there's a key word here. I want you to listen to that repetitive word I'm saying. Whatever you choose to be a part of your life, whatever you choose to be a part of your identity it is your choice. The common word in each of those statements that I just said was choose. I am certainly not without compassion, friends. If you've been told a lie your whole life, that this thing has a grip on you, that it is yours, that it belongs to you, and that it is part of your identity and you will never get rid of it. If you've been told that lie, I have compassion for you. And it's not easy to stop believing that lie, but it is possible. It's possible to begin to use your feelings for what they are, for information, not as fact, not as part of your identity, not as part of who you are, not as this living viable force outside of you of which you have no influence over. Friends, you have no control 
over the fears and the doubts and the angst and the wondering and the sadness and even dark, dark thoughts. You have no control over those thoughts when they come into your mind. That's just the way our brains work. Sometimes, though, we have nurtured and we've owned and we've possessed for so long a thought that it becomes a part of us and we start to believe it as truth. We start to believe that this is my lot in life. This is as good as it gets. This is what I have to look forward to. There is an alternative. You have 100% control over what you do with the thoughts when they arrive. You don't have to invite them in for a cup of coffee and say, oh, anxiety, tell me more about how much I can't function. Tell me more about how this event in my life is going to blow me over. Tell me more about how weak I am. We don't have to invite depression to the table for a cup of tea and say, tell me more about how miserable my life is. Tell me more about how nobody cares about me. Tell me more. Because listen, when you invite those things in, you claim them as your own. You invite them to have a seat at your table, the table of your mind. You then begin to give them authority and you then begin to lean in and listen as they snicker and snarl and wave their taunts in front of your face and steal every speck of joy that you have. You might think you own your anxiety or your depression, but the problem is that eventually you turn over all authority to those thoughts and feelings. You no longer say, oh, there you are again, anxiety. I see you, but no, you're not allowed to have a seat at the table. You see, it's about recognizing your feelings. It's about exercising a different thought habit in response to that than the one that you've known and used maybe for your entire life. I invite you to use that simple strategy. Just try it. Instead of going, oh no, there's my anxiety. Oh no, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my goodness, I'm so nervous. Oh my goodness, I feel like I'm going to die. Oh my goodness, my heart is beating out of my chest. I know those feelings. I know those thoughts. Instead, we say, there you are again. I see you. You're allowed to come knocking, but you're not allowed to come in. You're not allowed to have any authority or dominion in my thought world. That takes daily effort, my friends, and you can expect to fall off the thought wagon, as it were, the thriving thought wagon. But I encourage you to lean into that posture, to feel the burn, to let it work, to let that muscle that maybe you never even knew you had, let it begin to strengthen. And yeah, it's going to hurt in the process because you're doing something different. But John C. Maxwell said, if you want something different in your life, you have to do something different. So my friends, look at your life right now, your anxiety, as you might call it, your depression, as you might call it, you would use the words, my anxiety, my depression. Do you want them to be yours? If you fast forward it 365 days onto February 19th of 2022, do you still want what you refer to as your anxiety and your depression, to have a seat at your table. If you don't, then it's time to change the thoughts that you believe about depression and anxiety. It's time to give up ownership. In fact, it's time to disown anxiety and depression. Recognize them for feelings that they are. Recognize that they have no authority and recognize that you have the power to open the door and invite them to the table or to simply recognize them and tell them to stay put. That literally is one simple strategy you can start using right now. To many of you, it may be an entirely new concept that you can think differently about your mental health, that you don't have to think in ways that perhaps your doctor or your family or popular culture 
tells you to think about your mental health, that it doesn't have to be your lot in life. That's why I created and launched my 501c3, Thriving Thoughts Global. What we're doing there is we are changing the way we think about mental health. We're changing the way we care for our mental health. And the way that we do that is to teach women like you how it's possible to grow, flourish, and prosper, AKA to thrive through the simple power of thought. We envision a world in which every woman becomes the authority over her mental health and prospers in all she does. If you'd like to support us or get involved, please do so by visiting www.thrivingthoughtsglobal.com. The links are in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening to this rebroadcast from February of 2021. Please share it with a friend and we'll be back with another five minute episode this Sunday. Until then, speak truth over lies and you will thrive.